pickaxe. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, my friend. My name's Sean, and I want to end your suffering. No, not like that. With meditation in my new podcast, Mindfulness for Gamers. Each episode, I'll take you through how mindfulness can help you to feel less anxious and frustrated and put you on the path of happiness, all through the lovely, grimy lens of video games. So make time to level up your mental health and take the first step on your spiritual skill tree. Join me and subscribe to Mindfulness for Gamers right here, right now. When you sort of look at yourself, what I'm kind of hearing is that like a lot of negativity comes up. And so the only time that you end up looking at yourself is when you feel overwhelmed in some other di direction, and then it's like an outpouring. Hello. Hi. Um, and, and what do you go by? Adriana Lee okay. or Adriana. Okay. What, what would you prefer I call you today? Um, Adriana. Okay. Well, it's nice to meet you, Adriana. Um, I just wanted to... Uh, start by expressing my appreciation i was i'm sorry i know a couple weeks ago you had uh you were in our chat and <laughs> I, I didn't quite see it at the time but i i really appreciate you kind of reaching out and offering to have a conversation about um you know what a lot of the challenges that people in the gaming community face uh and was just kind of curious a little bit about what you wanted to talk about today um I mostly wanted to talk about um, sexual harassment and assault in male-dominated spaces and how it's very, like, sorry, my focus. It's kind of normalized, unfortunately, and it's, like, really sad. Oh, sorry if you heard a little. It's really sad, so, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd love to have that conversation with you and, and try to learn what we can from your experience and hopefully, like, make the world a safer place. Um, and, and just to kind of clarify, so, so are you looking to like process trauma or do anything like that today on stream? Okay. No. So we're having a conversation around sexual assault and harassment. And, um, the goal is to try to like raise awareness and, and or at least uh, that's what I, you know, I'm hoping for, um, yeah. and to, to hear a little bit about your experience. Does that sound okay with you? Okay. Yes. So this is not therapy. I'm not your therapist or anything like that. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, so a Adriana, can you start by just telling me a little bit about like, uh, you know, why this topic is important to you and, and what your experience of it with has, has been? Um, this topic is important to me because, um, I have experienced sexual assault, um, multiple times throughout my life. Oh my God. Even though I've taken preventative measures as much as I can and um and it's it's something that happened to me when I was really young but I didn't realize it until I was older and then after that it was just hard to explain I guess it's just something that 
I kind of went through and I was like, okay, that sucks that I went through this and I just tried to push it down as much as I could because I just wanted to move on with my life. I didn't want to have to feel that over and over again. Um, but then it started to affect my relationships and then it started to affect um, just a lot of things. And what really made me realize like I can't suffer like alone in silence is um, when I started to have people in my chat, like mostly young women who, you know, trauma dumping is a normal thing for people to do in chats. I don't encourage it. I don't think anybody ever should, but it happens every so often. You just kind of have to be like, hey, like, please don't do that. But once I started to hear... Can, can, can I just jump in there for a second? Can you tell me yeah. what trauma dumping is? Trauma dumping is like when you go, like in chats is when you go into someone's chat and you just start like sharing some really hard experiences that you went through. Um, a lot of people do it to streamers in order to like seek like help from them. Um, mm. And so what I have heard from a lot of people is more common than not, like that is a shared experience for a lot of us women, especially in um, like this community of Twitch, of gaming. So it, once I realized that, it was really hard for me to just like stay silent about my experiences and I needed to speak up. So I started to, you know, generally speak up, but I never really brought anything to attention before. And the reason why this recent thing was brought to attention a while ago was because somebody that used to be my friend actually like brought it to attention and then I had to deal with not only my own processing of things but trying to feel like I'm fighting so hard to validate my story. Yeah, so um Adrian, I'm I'm kind of noticing that we're sort of like talking around stuff, right? So so you're kind of saying yeah. bring it to attention. I don't really know mm -hmm. what what it is. Okay. Um and well, well before we kind of jump into that. So so a couple of things, you know, you're you don't have to share anything that you're not comfortable sharing. First of all, mm -hmm. it's okay to talk or like in vague terms if that's what you feel comfortable doing. Uh I, I know that from my perspective I, th I I would certainly benefit from a little bit more clarity cuz you're kind of talking about it happens and I'm not sure what it is. You also mentioned um that you've been kind of suffering alone and that this has been happening for you, uh, to you for a while. Um, and, and so I'm curious, do you feel comfortable like going into a little bit more detailed and not, not like all the details of what happened or a play by play, but just like wh what are, what specifically are we talking about? Is that okay to talk about? Yeah. Okay. So there's an incident involving another streamer, um, that happened a while ago and it was where I ended up. Um, falling asleep at a party and the other streamer ended up trying to touch me and ended up touching me and after multiple times of my friend saying hey she's okay please leave her alone please leave her alone he just kept trying to come back into the room um, when I first heard that information I was obviously really uncomfortable and I just didn't like want to make a big deal or whatever because that's usually what most people um, 
do in that situation, especially when the other person is a lot bigger than you in terms of numbers and growth in a field that you really want to succeed in. So can, can you help me understand that? What, what, you said you didn't want to make a big deal. What, mm. what does making a big deal look like? Making a big deal can mean really anything, even just saying like, hey, that was really uncomfortable. Because even if you just say that, all of a sudden... Who are you saying that to? To anybody in public. Okay. Or to even the person who did that. Okay. Because the minute that happens is the minute, like, um, fingers are pointed, there's a lot of victim blaming involved, and you have to keep reliving it over and over again. What do you mean and by victim blaming? Um, a lot of people, especially recently, they don't want to hold people accountable, so they will blame the victim or the survivor in this case um, for, oh, well, what, like, things that are most common, like, what were you wearing? Um, so, what other kind of questions? And by the way, if I'm interrupting you too much, please let me know. Oh, that's fine. Um, but I, I think this is exactly, like, in my mind, this is exactly why we're having this conversation, because I think people will use phrases like victim blaming, but I don't even know that the majority of people out there know what that looks like, know what the experience mm -hmm. of it is. I think victim blaming is when you are sexually assaulted, um, you already have that very intense feeling of shame and guilt because it's not something that it's something that you feel like your own body and your own rights to your body have been taken away from you. So when you already feel that shame and guilt, you're already, for me, trying to guilt yourself. Oh, well, I guess I shouldn't have done this. Oh, I guess I shouldn't have done that. Like, like, well, I shouldn't have done that. Like, I'm already blaming myself because it's like, I just wish that didn't happen to me and I wish that things gone differently. But then once you start hearing other people blame you, you just start feeling more and more guilt. And it takes... So it took me so long to process that it wasn't my fault. And what the reason a lot of people don't come out about these things is it's a common feeling to feel that shame and that guilt. And when, um, you know, it takes a while to process that it's not your fault. But then once they process that and they're like, okay, now I should share my story. Sharing your story opens up the door for more people to put that shame and that guilt you were originally feeling back onto you. That you back onto you, yeah. So, so it kind of just reopens the wound, and that's why it's just really hard, and that's why a lot of people don't express their stories. So, can you help me understand what your experience of being uh, when people victim blamed what that looked like? Or, you know, what did they say? What did they do? What was your experience of it? Um, in the two times that it's happened to me, um, it's kind of like, oh, well, you shouldn't have drank. Oh, well, you shouldn't have talked to him. 
oh well you shouldn't, you shouldn't have, have to him yeah i've heard everything so <laughs> you shouldn't have put yourself in that position in what position and was that what are they referring to when they say that position being at a party okay, you shouldn't have gone to a party yeah how so, dare you exactly and it's hard because like i've already told myself these things for so long hmm. so when they say it what is what does that do i mean if you've been telling yourself that for so long and and now you're hearing it from other people how does that affect you um it obviously in this situation i feel like it's put me in like a state of um disassociation because um, the first time the story came out, I've heard so much of it and it sent me into like a really bad depression. Um, but this time I feel like, like disassociating almost. Like I don't even know what I feel really. Like it's hard to- Sounds like you feel numb. Like, yeah, it's hard to determine my feelings, but every so often within the past, two, three weeks that this has been up for discussion on the internet. Um, I've had like a couple like big breakdowns, but then it just goes back to the numb. Okay. So when you said that w when this came out, so it sounds like you did not speak up first. Mm -mm. Can you help me understand that whole thing? I, yeah, I didn't speak up about it because I knew the person was more powerful than me and um i knew i my dream was to just you know be a streamer be a content creator and i moved all the way to austin to do it and i was like it's fine you know i'm just gonna put my head down and you know not interact with this person and i'm just going to continue to live my life and um then how did you somebody Sorry, everything that you say has, I, I, get, I get so curious and I want to learn more. So I'll pause and let you finish. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, so somebody I used to be friends with ended up speaking about it on her stream. Um, and we weren't friends at the time when she spoke about it. We, she had me blocked on Twitter, but then she unblocked me. She's like, I spoke about this. And I was like, oh, so I was kind of like pushed into something I wasn't ready to talk about. Um... And yeah, and then I was kind of like not ready. It wasn't really like ready in my brain to sure. talk about it or process it. So I was in a very vulnerable state when I was like getting spam called and like rushed to make a statement about it. There was people who came over to convince me or to tell me like I need to say something, I need to say something. And I just wasn't like really ready to say anything. You but I had to. Why? Why did you have to say something? Um, because everyone was, the people who knew that it happened, that I was that person you talked about, um, they ended up like calling me a lot, spam calling me, and then um, I ended up going to my friend's house to talk to him about it and maybe think about making a twit longer. And then they came over and they're like, okay, how are we gonna do this? How are we gonna address this? It was like a boardroom meeting or whatever. And I was like, okay. like, And I had the intention that these people were there to like help me. 
but uh, I found out a couple weeks later that that wasn't the case. But in the moment, I thought they were there to help me. Can I think for a second? Of course. So the first thing, th there's so much about this, Adriana, that I think makes a lot of sense. And there's so much about this that completely perplexes me. So the first thing that's kind of confusing for me is like, I need to make a statement. Says who? Like, I, I'm so, and I'm not saying, I, I can, it's very clear to me that you were under a lot of pressure. I'm guessing that other people felt like they were under a lot of pressure. You know, there's this sort of idea that we have to, uh, like, advocate for people who are victims, right? Like, we've got to, like, seek justice. I mean, like, I, th I think that there's a lot of good sentiment there. But what I'm kind of noticing is that, first of all, like, you didn't ask for the conversation. And once the conversation got started, you weren't really mentally in a place to make a statement. But I'm also hearing that, like, that was somehow unacceptable, that it wasn't being addressed. Can you help me understand yeah. that? Like, wh where is that pressure coming from? What are people, like, thinking? What, why do you feel like you have to make a statement? There's a couple of things that were going through my mind that day. Um, I'm just trying to, I kind of like compartmentalized this day after especially this past couple of weeks, but um, the main thing that was happening was um, a lot of panic, a lot of people specifically, people that the person was friends with saying, we need to find this girl, we need to talk to this girl, we need to hear the truth or whatever. And um, so there's just a big panic on the internet trying to like see like, who is this girl? Like, what is this? And like, there's a lot of pressure knowing that that was me. And and I knew it was wrong. So when- You knew what was approached, wrong? The original assault uh, or so, so, something about- Yeah, okay, okay. being touched when I was asleep. Okay. Um, So, and I, and I didn't really want anybody to go through that experience. So as I was sitting in the little boardroom, I was hearing a bunch of different things, people telling me, like, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? And like... And wh what, are you, what are you hearing when people say that or ask that question? Doubt that, like, of what happened to me. So especially when they're like, well, we know our friend. We know our friend, like. And they would say those. They would. They wouldn't do that. Yeah. So. How, how do you deal with that when when people are doubting you and saying we know our friend? How? What What happens in your mind, or what happens in the in someone's mind in that situation? Just. As I said, like, re it brings up, like, the feelings I originally felt of, like, guilt and shame. Because it's like, like, wow, this person did this thing to me that's actually horrible. But if I say something, like, I'm going to ruin their life. And it's like, it, like, makes me feel almost bad in that moment, but then once I clear my head, I'm like, 
I don't want this to happen to anybody else. Like, no one deserves to feel like their body isn't theirs, you know? But in that moment when these people are saying, that's our friend, like, this is what's going to happen to him if you do this. Like, he's going to have to get kicked out. We're going to have to, like, not be his friend anymore. It's almost like they're restating that feeling of guilt and they're putting it in other places, like, making me feel bad. Like, oh, if I say something about the truth then it's my fault because then they have to lose their friend or they have to kick them out or whatever. So then it's just reinstating that feeling of guilt and putting it in other places. So I mean, what is it like to... This question may be weird, but I'm kind of noticing like... almost like a, a weird shift in the power dynamic and the responsibility dynamic. Mm -hmm right? Like who's responsible for this? That in that moment, I'm hearing people kind of, so what happens now and who's responsible for ruining a life is you, right? Like if you speak mm -hmm. up, like you have the power, Adriana, you have the power to make this go away. Yeah. And so, yeah. When, like, I'm hearing that, it's like, like, I don't know what to do, you know? And then in that moment, I'm thinking about all the girls in my chat who just play Minecraft on stream and who are constantly, like, harassed by men in chat who have expressed this to me. I'm thinking about all these young girls who have experienced these things in their college campuses and they can't say anything or people who've experienced these things at work because I've heard like a lot of stories and it's like if I don't say anything and just let this like go and you know um then it would almost make me feel bad too so it's like if I don't say anything, I feel like I have this platform that was given to me. I have these people who look up to me, and I'm I'm doing them wrong. But then if I do say something, then I'm doing the bigger people who can really make or break someone's career. I'm doing them wrong. So I was like, okay, we'll find a middle point. That way, you know, I'll dumb down my story but I'll still say it. What do you mean by that dumb way, down your story? Like, I will make, in terms of the boardroom meeting thing, whatever the hell that you want to call that meetup. So you were like in um, a room with a bunch of people who, uh, let me understand this, were your friends, were not your friends? What's go like? One of them were my friend, and then another one of my friends came home from work. Um... And then, well, I guess there was, like, one, okay, two of the people that were there lived there. Like, the one person and the person who came from work, they lived there, and they were there in the room when it happened, and they were my friends that I trust. And then the three other people who came over, one of them was, like, an acquaintance. Well, two of them were, like, acquaintances, um, and one of them I didn't know at all. Um, and they came over. How, how did they, and, how did they, I'm so confused. Like, did, did they just show up or someone invited them or like? Yeah. Well, they showed up <laughs> because 
one of the acquaintances was friends with my friend. Okay. So they knew where he lived. And they told him, we're going to come over. And he was in a meeting when that happened. So he wasn't able to tell me. I was upstairs getting ready in the bathroom or like in my friend's vanity. And um, he wasn't able to tell me, hey, they're coming over. So I'm doing my makeup, whatever. And I just hear their voices downstairs. I'm like, oh my God, like I'm already going through so much stress right now. Like now this is happening. And I was like texting my friend this at the time because I, I tried to like revisit the feelings after like, you know, so much time has passed. And I like went through my old discord of like me talking to my friend because I was like really like good friends with this one person at the time. Still friends with him. And um, I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm so stressed out. And now these people are here. Like this is just such a hectic day. Like... I didn't really want all this to happen. Yeah, I'm and then, noticing um, how completely out of control you are in this situation. Like, Yeah. So then, you know, I had to talk to all of them, and that was pretty much what I was did you, dealt with. Did you feel like you could say, I mean, did you want to talk to anyone in that room? No, the only person I really wanted to talk to and I thought I was going to talk to that day were my two friends that were there in the room when it happened and that like are my friends that I trust. They're a couple. So I, that was my only people that I wanted to talk to that day. And then it just kind of. And so you felt like you couldn't say, I don't want to talk about this with acquaintances and one person that like, you couldn't say that. And I yeah, recognize that I feel... may sound like victim blaming as well, but I'm I'm not saying I'm not suggesting that you should have said that. What I'm trying to really do is understand, like, in that moment, because that is that like you know what was going through your head. It's kind of like like they were like, oh, like we need to figure this out. We need to figure this out, and like they were like almost like. I don't know if this is a good analogy or not, but like a courtroom and like they had to represent like their side, you know, that's kind of what it felt like. And it almost felt like I was like at the stand, like being like, no, like this is what happened. And um, that's why it was hard because it was like an ultimatum. It's like, hey, you can say something and then we have to kick our friend out and then you probably won't get invited to parties and then like people are probably gonna hate on you whatever but then you can like not say something or you can just be anonymous and then like we can figure it out from there and then I was like okay and then I was like so I was dealt with that thing that was like okay do I use my platform and stick up for people in my audience because at this point like this is a broader scale of um, like an issue or do I do what these bigger streamers want me to do you know so that's how we kind of met in the middle but even the middle wasn't like my full truth because a lot of the wording wasn't as strong as I wanted it to be and it didn't really reflect what I was feeling um, but that's why everything got brought to light within the past two or three weeks. Um, and I was able to say my full truth because of that. 
so Adriana, I want to point out a couple of things. And if I say anything that um, is out of line or upsets you or is not in the direction that you want to talk, please let me know. The last thing that I want to do is railroad you into a conversation that you don't want to have. Mm-hmm. First thing is that I'm noticing that when you're thinking about how to proceed in the situation, you're thinking about your community and you're thinking about streamers, for lack of a better term. What I'm, I'm It's mostly like... Sorry to interrupt, but it's like my career or like these young girls that look up to me. Yeah, yeah. So so th- th- that's what's kind of interesting to me is like I-, I don't hear even in that choice, I don't hear you. What about you? Yeah. I guess it's like I didn't really. Okay, sorry. I'm t- Whenever I like to pause, I'm just trying to not like cry or anything, but. It's hard to like see it for myself because I just don't want it to like be on myself, you know, because it's like I went through these hard feelings and it's like, I don't know, I don't want to see myself as a victim as much as like, I guess I am, you know, it's hard to like see myself as that or like admit that I guess to myself because then it's like it's true you know and I I don't know it's like I have a hard time like digesting it I guess because then it just kind of brings back like those feelings that were first felt after these like situations so I just kind of wanted to think like okay I'm gonna do this for someone else because I don't want anybody else to feel like this. So I guess it's about me, but it's not really about me because no. it's like it happened to me, but what can I do to prevent this from happening to anybody else? Cause these feelings like are something I have to process like on my own and me coming out with anything. Yeah. It makes me feel happy if I have justice, but it's not going to make the incident go away and it's not going to make the feelings go away. So that's why it's like when you come out about these things, it's not, it's not for me. It's for these other girls or anybody really that regardless of gender that deal with these things and feel like they can't say anything or feel like they're alone. This is going to sound weird, Adriana, but respectfully, I kind of disagree. And here, here's here's why. So you're looking out for other people. That's awesome, right? Like people need to speak. But I, what I'm saying is like, who's looking out for you? Right? Like what? what like. I don't know. Right? So like it. And that's kind of what I mean. I don't maybe disagree was wrong, but like, it's like, I'm hearing the same thing again. And like, what I'm wondering about is like, you're thinking about making the world a better place for other people, right? Like got to make the world a better place. Like that's why we're having this conversation to raise awareness and educate people. Mm -hmm. And then there's your career reputations, ruining lives, all that kind of stuff. What I'm wondering is like, where is the care for you? I don't know. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know. 
and and it because because it sounds like when I ask you a little bit about that, you know, you talk about like, well, if I'm focusing on me, like then, then it opens up the whole like victim can can of worms, and I have to deal with a victim. It becomes more real to you, right? Like it. So it sounds like as long as you're focused on other people, then it it's more. It feels like it's more tolerable. Yeah, I guess so. And, and that just makes me kind of sad that in, in this whole conversation, like, I'm not hearing anyone care about you. Yeah, but I don't know. I wish I, I wish I had something to say. I normally have things to say, but I don't really have anything to say to that because I guess I've never heard it from that perspective. Yeah, you, you don't have to say anything, you know, I, I, okay. yeah, I, and I was just sharing an observation. I wasn't like asking a question. Like it, it's something that. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is, is it okay that I said that or asked that question? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, for sure. I just wish that I knew how to respond to it, but I don't. Okay. So. Uh, do you feel like you, yeah, hold on. Let me think for a second. Cause I guess even like being here, it's like, I'm not doing it for me either yeah you know it's like even being on here like i was like okay i'm gonna go on dr k and i'm gonna talk about these things and how i feel or how i felt in this situation so other people can realize that i'm human and that there are humans that go through these things it's not just drama andy lsf political whatever war it's like human feelings and like trauma and it is hard to deal with and I feel like when I go through my life I just push it aside and only in moments of weakness like mental breakdowns I kind of let it all out and I know it's really unhealthy but <laughs> um there's like certain things that will also like trigger those responses, I guess. And like, as I said before, it's why it's hard to be in romantic relationships or have intimate connections with people because of my past with trauma. Um, like just certain muscle memory will trigger really bad episodes for me. And it's, it's not a fun thing to deal with. And I don't, really want anybody to have to deal with this because I'm still trying to figure out how to deal with it myself. Sorry if I just was rambling. I'm just trying to find the right words to say. Do you feel like you were rambling? Well, I mean, obviously. Yeah. I thought it came across as very clear. Can I share with you what I heard? Mm-hmm. Let me think for a second whether I want to give you the Cliff Notes version or okay. the... Okay, so I'll give you the long... So, like, so first of all, I get the sense that you feel kind of, like, uncentered. And that mm -hmm. you kind of don't have time to deal with this crap. You have a life to live. And yeah. work to do. It's streaming. And the only time that when you sort of look at yourself, what I'm kind of hearing is that, like, a lot of negativity comes up. 
And so the only time that you end up looking at yourself is when you feel overwhelmed in some other direction. And then it's like an outpouring. Like a spiral. And so since you have difficulty with um, intimacy and relationships, right, that certainly doesn't make your life easier. Mm. And then then it's kind of like, well, I got to, you know, figure out all the fucked upness on the inside before I can go and engage with other people. But I don't quite know how to do that. I don't really know where to do that, when to do that. But still, there's this idea that, like, the fixing that needs to happen has to happen, like, you have to do it. Yeah. Right? And and that it needs to be fixed before you, like, show someone what's on the inside of Adriana. Because it's all like a mess down there is kind of the sense that I'm getting. Kind of. It's it's kind of like, for me, it's more of the fear that it's never going to be fixed. And that, you know, I'm not going to, I don't want to put the time and effort, I guess, into, not, that kind of sounds bad. But like, I don't want to, in my brain, it feels like a pity party. And I don't want to put that negative energy, I guess, into myself because I, you know, I have a lot of things to do. As you said, like, I work a lot and I, like, before I was a streamer, I worked three jobs and um, it's just like, it's kind of like I have my moments of weakness and I've used, like, certain things just to try to, like, like snap out of it. Like, where I, I would be, like, literally... Not to, like... I feel like I'm trauma-dumping. But, like... Like, I would have these moments of weakness where I would be, like, in my worst mental state possible. Mental breakdown on a bathroom floor. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, I have to stream. I have to stream. Like, I told people I was going live today. So I would do whatever I had available to me to make myself in a better mood to stream. Like, a lot of caffeine. Um, a lot of... Yeah. <laughs> um, caffeine. Um, my prescribed, like, Adderall. Just whatever I was like, gave me that boost that's like, okay, like, stop. It's time to go live. Like, stop. So No more pity parties for Adriana. Got shit to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, I even have this thing on my goddamn monitor that, it, it sounds so stupid, but it says four M's, manic, manifesting, money, Eminem. <laughs> because I remember I listened to Eminem and it, like, helped me, I guess, get out of my sadness, so... Adriana, it's, it's wonderful to see a genuine smile on your face. Thanks. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just like... I don't know. I just wanted to, like, trigger a manic, I guess, is how I would perceive it. Yeah. So I would just be like, fuck everybody. It's fine. I'm going to work. And, um... Yeah. I... You know, you, you you tossed out a couple of things that I can't really let slip by. No, go ahead. Um, 
so one is you kind of mentioned that when you sort of try to work on yourself or maybe you try to help yourself, it feels kind of like a pity party. And you also sort of mentioned that, like, you kind of don't want to waste your time on something that's not really fixable. Yeah. And so I'm kind of just noticing that maybe you feel, like, kind of busted. How how do you understand, like, how long have you felt that way? Um... I guess for a while because it doesn't even have to do with this more recent situation maybe like because back when I was I had a really like rough upbringing I guess and um, I've always had these like panic moments and um, after Okay, I'm sorry, this is, like, really, like, deep and graphic, but, like, after the first time I was ever sexually assaulted and I didn't realize that that's what it was, I was, um, 14, and I had a very rough household environment, um, my, like, my parents, um, they weren't together, but, like, my mom had custody of me and it wasn't, she wasn't very nice to say the least I won't get into details with that but um I kind of like always had to put on a smile for her you know because if I showed weakness in front of her it would not be about me anymore so I couldn't express my feelings I guess in a healthy way in in my household so what I would do growing up is I would always reserve my crying for the bathroom because I could lock the door and I could turn on the shower so no one would hear me. So after the first time I was sexually assaulted when I was 14, um, it was kind of a ripple of events that happened. I experienced a deep depression for the first time throughout like the span of those months. And I ended up picking up very bad habits to try to cope with that. And I could not tell anybody. I couldn't tell my mom because she wouldn't believe me. Um, and I ended up, after a while of doing with these bad habits that were just harder and harder to cover up, I expressed it to my stepfather. And we tried to get help for me um but then I ended up like going to a mental hospital and then I wasn't really able to get the care that I needed because like it was my stepdad and it wasn't like my mom so it's like my mom was like you're just doing this for attention and she would just tell me all the time like you're just doing this for attention and I was like okay well and I, I wasn't really able to get the help that I needed until I was 17, because when I was 17, when I first turned 17, that was when I was 14, 15, as the depression. Then when I turned 17, I got cut off financially, so I had to pay for like my own food and whatever else. Um, I just still lived with my parents because I didn't have a choice. But then after a couple months, I was able to move out and go to university and 
um, like I had to figure out, like, what's the word? Like when you like are all, all odds are against you, but you still like go through it. Like you still like triumph. I don't know. It. Perseverance. I don't know. Perseverance. So I had to persevere, I guess, through all this. And um, because like my parents didn't do taxes, so I had to like do pay for college all the way up front, like no loans or anything. So I just worked really hard and I like overworked myself and was very unhealthy to myself. But I was able to finally get therapy, especially because I had to because I wanted to bring my birds in my dorm because I had pet birds and I needed a therapist to register them as an emotional support animal. So therapy helped me a lot and it helped me really be mindful and understand my feelings. Um, and mostly my childhood, it helped me unpack that a lot. So realizing, even now realizing that growing up, if I expressed my feelings or weakness or whatever around my own family, it wasn't, it wasn't perceived well and it wasn't a good outcome so I guess that um, made this habit now that I have of expressing my feelings in big bursts at a time usually alone well all always alone because I don't I'm embarrassed for anybody else to see it um, you keep on using this term weakness can you help me understand what that means like, I guess I feel weak when I let myself, like, express these emotions because I guess it's not the strong thing to do. And, you know, sometimes I'll cry on stream, but it's not the same thing as, like, a spiral, you know? I'm not afraid to like cry on my stream, whether I'm happy or like maybe a little bit sad, but like a spiral is like a lot different. If that makes sense. Yeah, I'm just trying to process your facial reactions. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like trying not to cry. Yeah, I see that. So so I'm I'm not sure exactly. Since you're not trying to, I'm going to try to do what you're trying to do, which means I have to be careful about what I ask. You can ask whatever. Oh, I know I can. But, like, do I want to? <laughs> right? Because yeah. here you... Because, like, I mean, I and I, I, I think, honestly, like, I didn't think that was like a, you know... I didn't think that was a... Sometimes we ask, like, powerful questions. Like, oh, my God, like... Eh. You know, like we'll ask questions like, oh my God. But I, I, I was yeah. just I was just pointing out something about, you know, the language that you use, which is like this term of weakness, and then this whole thing is like right under the surface. Yeah, I guess that's why I don't talk about it. Because when you shine the spotlight on me, a bunch of things just fall out. Yeah, so so, so then I'm not, you know, and if, if a theme of, of today is like being unprepared for conversations and not forcing people into being, you know, 
so so yeah, i'm i'm fine. just trying to think a little bit about like because I, I can i think for a second yeah So what I'm hearing is that you feel weak and that you yeah. carry that feeling. You've carried it with you for a long time. Um, I'm also hearing like some really bizarre stuff like going to a mental hospital for attention. And, and what that kind of yeah. makes me wonder is like, who is that? You know, when someone says you're doing it for attention, usually what that means is you're taking attention away from me. Right. Which is like, no, we're not, I'm not having a mental breakdown to try to you know, take attention away from you. Like, believe it or not, yeah. maybe the reason I am having a mental breakdown is because I'm struggling in some way. And I actually don't give two shits about who anyone is paying attention to. I'm just managing, I'm having trouble managing my internal environment. Yeah. You look like you're about to say something. Yeah, I mean... Like even me wanting to defend that, it's like yeah, oh yeah, it's it's me, it's me like really feeling like I have to defend it. Like oh well, actually yeah, because but I don't I don't have to, but I just I feel like I do. Yeah, oh, because I feel like I have to be like oh well, like I really wasn't doing it for attention because even these harmful things I was doing, I was oh, I would always hide. Like I didn't let anybody see them. Th yeah, th there's a lot of stuff like Adriana that that I'm hearing that kind of makes me think a little bit like one is, so you tend to use the passive voice a lot. So like, so, so that means that like, you'll say like, you, you didn't say I persevered. You'll say something like I was able to persevere. Mm -hmm. Like anytime you talk about one of your successes, you, it's never I plus verb. And then it, it's, it's always like, well, after I moved out, things happened and I was able to go to college. But you don't say, like, I worked my ass off and paid my way through school. Yeah. Which is what it sounds like. So I... I, I guess... Yeah, it's, it's like, I guess... I only feel like that when I'm in, like... A high high, I guess. I almost wrote my headphone. Like, in a high high, I feel like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, I did that. But then, like, when I'm not in that, I feel, I guess. Yeah. And I feel like it's a lot of, like, right now, there is a lot of pressure on me because people are finding any way to discredit me as a person and my experiences. And that's why it's really hard because... It's really hard. Like everything is being looked under under a microscope. So it's like I can sit here and be like, "Hey, like I I was really sad or I'm sad." And then they'll be like, "Yeah. Well, here's a picture of you having fun like 3 months ago." So, you're clearly not sad because look at this photo of you smiling. And it's like, "Bruh." Like it, it's just it's like ridiculous the the things that our people are saying, but I guess it just reopens that kind of thing I've dealt with throughout my childhood of like, oh, well, you're just doing it for attention, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's... I I'm kind of curious, though, what, what it's... 
what's it like having your life under a microscope? I mean, I've always had my life on the internet, so I've always, you know, been conscious of that. But at the same time, I, I grew up on the internet. I grew up streaming. I started streaming on Twitch when I was 18, but I was streaming on you now throughout my childhood and, like, throughout my teen life. And, like, playing guitar. I was literally 13 years old playing guitar on you now. And, um... You know, I, I always had to be conscious of, like, my internet life, I guess. And my my life was just always on the internet. And then I started streaming for fun when I was 18 just because I wanted someone, or on Twitch, because I wanted someone to talk to because I was really lonely. And I just got out of a breakup, and I was in university alone because I didn't have a roommate. And um, I would just, you know, meet some internet friends. I had a really good time. And I always want to be a YouTuber, so I'd always just be like, "What's my YouTube, guys? I, I'm not a streamer. I want to be a YouTuber." And then I ended up really liking streaming and wanted to be a streamer. So. So what's it? Sorry, that was kind of off track. Yeah, that's totally fine. How do you feel okay. when you go off track? Bad, I guess. Because I I should probably be focused. Well, yeah, so we're going to try to learn a lesson today, Adriana, and, and this may be arrogant or paternalistic for me to say, but I have a wild idea, like whatever you feel like talking about is the right thing to talk about. So I guess it's just everything I do now, it makes me feel like, okay, what are they going to say about it? You know, like, like. Even my friends joke about it. Like, I was like, oh, this is my outfit for today. And my friend's like, oh my gosh, you're going to wear the color red? People are going to start being like, she wore red for a reason. She wore red because it's the color of this, this, this. And then, like, just, like, nitpick literally everything. Like, even my friends, like, realize it, so they just joke about it all the time because yeah, that's... I mean, because you talk about being under a mic microscope. I'm almost hearing that you're kind of, like, being dissected. Like yeah. when people are like, oh my God, look at the attention grabbing she's doing with that red outfit. Yeah. Oh my God. I can, can you believe like, her? The nerve? Exactly. <laughs> the nerve? That's, that's exactly what it's like. Of wearing so, clothing? Like, oh my God, she listens to Katy Perry? Well, Katy Perry had a song about sex once, so it explains a lot why Adriano is like doing all these things. Yep. So it's like, bro. Like, yeah, how, Katy Perry poster in the back. That's that's the reference. What what, what what how do you how do you, I was about to ask how does that make you feel? But what I'm wondering is like how the fuck do you deal with that? Like what do you what do you do? In that like I don't know. I really don't. That's the thing. I don't know what to do, and I'm I'm. It's like scary because I'm like almost scared for my safety at some points because of like the things I read and I just my friends like don't look at that don't look at that and they just like make sure I don't but it's like it's almost like harassment the way people like I can't be I tweeted like happy bisexual visibility day because it was bisexual visibility day and I'm bisexual and I know a lot of people in my community that are as well and then everyone's like Oh yeah, you're bisexual. That explains a lot. And then they just start like, 
It's like, bro, I can't even. What does that explain? I don't. That's what I'm saying. Like, these people just draw anything from, like, left field. Is that the right analogy? Sure. I think I understood what you're. They pull it out of their ass? Is that what you're. Yeah, Yeah. okay. Because I understand why. Like, and and I don't even know if it's right of me to put myself in their perspective. You know, like, I'm like, seeing, like, why would they think that? And I'm like, trying to put myself in perspective. From what I understand, I understand why they're upset that maybe someone they looked up to did something bad and they don't want to, they don't want that to be the truth. So they're trying to find any reason why maybe it wouldn't be the truth or maybe why they would cut them, their their favorite streamer, some slack, you know? Is, so, so that's, so I that, guess, that's, how I'm trying yeah, to... Yeah, I was about to say, that sounds like that's how you understand their response. That's how I'm trying to understand it so I don't, I guess, like, take it so personally. I see. Because it's easy to take it personally. It's easy if I'm in the weak mindset, as I say to myself. I know you say you don't like me saying that, but, like, when I'm not, everything's fine. You're you're using language that I don't like. Is that okay? Yeah. You're damn right it is. (laughs) So, when I'm not in that mindset, I just, like, breeze. I'm like, I'm chilling, whatever. But then when it something triggers me to be in that mindset, everything starts being personal. Everything starts being harmful to me. And I start being like, oh, like these people are calling me like a slut and a whore. Maybe they're right. And I just, I take it really personally. And, but that's not most of the time. It's just in those moments. So, and it's, um, it's hard because throughout, and even saying this is just giving them ammo, but I'm going to say it anyways, because I've said these things on my stream before, and they'll probably find it. So throughout being on my own at 17 and coming from a family I feel didn't love me, and not just in a, like, well, my family didn't love me, like, in, like, an actual, like, like, I don't know. You know what I mean? It's it's like my parents kind of cut me off and I kind of had to fend for myself. So I really just didn't feel that love. And just because like throughout my childhood, it was like, as I stated before, like hard to feel accepted for who I am. So I would go as far as to say impossible, but just my thought. Okay. So I, um, I was just searching for love anywhere, I guess. And when people showed me that affection, I didn't want to lose them. So I had a really intense fear of abandonment. And um, my, I wasn't, like, I was in a, like, kind of bad relationship that wasn't very kind, to say the least. And it was kind of like, he would always yell at me and be really mean to me. Um, but I just thought it was normal because that's kind of how I was raised. So I'm like, this is love because this is how my parents showed me love. Sure. So, and um, then he ended up cheating on me, but I wanted to make things work out because I didn't want to lose him. I had that figure of abandonment. But then after a while, I just kind of 
was like, whatever. So then I was in college, I was on my own, and I was just navigating on my own. And I just ended up in situations that I thought were like good for me, but they weren't because I was looking for like love in the wrong places or whatever. And can, can um, you help me understand where where is love in the wrong place and where is love in the right place? Uh, yeah, let me, I, I wrote about this because I wanted to say, I guess, I was just kind of writing on my feelings because I was in, like, my weaker moment, so I wanted to make sure, um... Can, can I ask? I got my feelings out on okay, paper. Okay. What? okay, so, um, I, I wrote this. Throughout my independent life, I struggled with being used, and at the time, I just thought I was being normal and spontaneous, but looking back... I realized the situations I put myself in because I had to grow up really early. That's what I wrote. So it's kind of like after a while and a lot of obviously therapy, I processed like, hey, that's not really good thing you know and I realized like that's not where I should be looking for love and like I it, and then after I stopped doing that um, it's kind of like my perspective like let me just put an example for people who might not be understanding of this is like I would go this guy, guy would text me, hey, you look so pretty and so cute. Like, we should totally hang out. And I'm like, totally, I would love to hang out. And then we hang out. And then he puts his arm around me. I'm like, whoa, this guy really likes me. And then he says something like, wow, you're so good at playing guitar. Because maybe I would play the guitar for him or something. And I'd be like, wow, he likes me for who I am. And then we would partake in activities that were consensual. And I'd be like, wow, now he's really going to like me. And then he would ghost me. But then maybe a couple days later, he would come back and be like, yo, like, let's watch a movie. And I'd be like, oh, my God, yes, this guy really likes me because he hit me up two days later. and We're going to go hang out again. And then he would just like say things like, wow, like you look so pretty. And like just like things I'm like, oh, my God, he really likes me. And then it would go again. And I'd be like, OK. And then. And after a while presumably partake in more consensual activities yeah exactly so after a while like then he would eventually ghost me or whatever and like start doing it to another girl so I was like okay whatever um you know fuck boy college activities so it took me a while to realize like i guess i'm better than that and not to fall for it i guess but how did you realize I mean, I that guess every I guess, I don't know, like a lot of self-reflection and like actually one of them was actually getting in a relationship and like reflecting because when I was in a relationship, when I was like, you know, yeah, I reflected on like the past and I was like, damn. And obviously my partner at the time was like, you didn't deserve that. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I didn't. Maybe I didn't deserve that. Can you hold on just but, one second? Yeah. I'm going to DM you real quick, and I want you to check your DMs. Okay. 
Oh, it's okay. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Keep going. Oh, so then. Yeah. So it made me feel like, you know, I um. I realized that, you know, I was looking for all the wrong places, and this was like when I was like eighteen, when all this happened. So then I'm 19 and I'm like, okay, I, I get moved into a house and like, I'm like living my life and I have like this newfound knowledge or whatever. So, um, newfound knowledge that like, you're a decent human being who deserves love. Yeah. And then I'm like, I'm focusing on my career. I want to be a streamer really bad. And, um, then I didn't realize like, being able to, here's where it's kind of deep. I didn't realize being able to partake in like sexual activities consensually before that was probably going to be the last time I'd be able to do that comfortably, sadly, because then um, I ended up being... sexually assaulted in terms of rape um in around that time so it was like oh you know and I obviously didn't process it so I was just like whatever you know that happened it's whatever like um I almost like I was I don't know like I just wanted to not really feel it and I just kind of like was like oh whatever like my fault like Shouldn't have done that. Like, shouldn't have gone to that party. Shouldn't have put myself in that situation, you know? And then, right after that, and, like, not even a month later is when um, the situation happened with the streamer. And even when I was at that party, I'm like, okay, I'm with my friends and I'm safe. Like, these are the people I went with and these are the people who are going to be with me throughout the night. So these people are going to protect me. And they did because, you know, things happened that were bad. But, like, I don't want to say it could have been worse because people used that as an argument. Well, well, he didn't do all this, so it doesn't make it okay. Um, but the people that were there to protect me and keep an eye on me that night ended up doing so. And I'm really grateful for that because, like, my mind wanders all the time of, like, it could have been worse, but it still doesn't make my feelings invalid, and it still doesn't make it okay. And that's what I feel like a lot of people fail to realize. Yeah. So, yeah. How are you doing right now? I'm okay. I don't know. Honestly. Okay. It just feels like... It feels like... I don't... I can't process it. Sure. And not that I don't want to. I'm, I can't because I need to do the right thing first. What is the right thing? 
like, I guess, speaking out and raising awareness. Who is that the right thing for? Um, a lot of women and men who have experienced these things who maybe don't even realize it or who feel like they can't tell anyone. Is it the right thing for you? Yeah. I think I'm very glad that it's finally being talked about because at the end of the day, it was so much harder to be quiet about it, to be like forced to be quiet about it and to see people that I thought were my friends and for many years who had my side randomly just turn on me and be like, oh, well, actually, this person's gonna help my career and you're not. And it's like, damn, it was so painful. And it was painful when I would share the story to people in the scene, like, hey, like this is something that I'm really upset about and it's something that is really wrong. And they would sit there and be like, yeah, that's, that's fucked up, Adrian, I'm sorry. And then continue to go hang out with that person or maybe farm reactions under their tweets. So, and I get it, it's just business, but it's hard because it's so invalidating. You've mentioned kind of career, power dynamics, um, you know, people, it sounds like you feel quite abandoned by friends of yours for the sake of them kind of advancing their career. Yeah. Do you feel uh, up to talking about what that experience has been like for you and how you make sense of this, all the stuff that's going on? Yeah, it's like, it happened with a lot of people. So it'd be people like even I was really close friends with and randomly one day I see them hanging out with him and it's like, hey, remember when I would literally cry to you and express my feelings to you on how unfair this situation was and how hard it was for me and you've expressed some more things that have happened to you and then it's like, then it just feels like you weren't really listening. It feels like they weren't really listening or they just didn't really care. And I understand because it's like, I really understand putting your career first because I was unfortunately like putting, trying to save my career when it first came out and the woman gave me like an ultimatum like, oh, like, you want to protect your career or you want to Who's the, say the full thing? I mean, actually, you don't have to name people, but I... I, I yeah. I'm not asking... The person in the room, the boardroom. Okay, people. got it. Okay. So I was like, wh wh so which the woman? when I was given the ultimatum, I guess I was semi-selfish in, in trying to meet in the middle because I did want to protect my career. But I still want to say something, but I still want to protect my career. And I guess... I couldn't have my cake and eat it too because then it just ended up 
both things going down the drain. I ended up losing both. I wasn't able to say my full truth and my career went down the drain because I was blacklisted from these events and rumors were spread about me. And it, it's really unfair because I lost a lot of friends that I originally moved across the country for. And it's really sad. Like I moved all the way here just for me to lose these friends because somebody decided to touch me when I was asleep. Like it's so clear cut. It's like, I was asleep. Like I was asleep. Like I don't understand how people are like, well, blah, blah, blah. Like they tried to put me in any other situation. I was literally asleep. Like I, I tried to emphasize that so much because I don't feel like people are listening. And like when I hear people go against it, it's like, what? Like I was asleep. Like how is there any way that I could have consented when I was asleep? So that was just really frustrating. But the main thing that was really frustrating is hearing these rumors about me. And um, like one of the rumors I heard from someone I have not even talked to who ended up being close friends with that um, person. I, like I heard it from a friend, so it was like, gave a telephone, but I heard that I am like a whore who tries to sleep with all the Austin streamers. And that like I'm a slut and a whore and like, and like just, or a bitch or whatever. And they, like, they just try to like say these really hard things about me because they want to make a reason for it to be okay. For what, what to be okay? They want to make a reason for me being touched when I was asleep to be justifiable in their mind. Because they know their friend fucked up, but... They don't want, instead of being like, dude, fuck you, to like the person who did it, they're just finding reasons to hate me and make it okay that it happened to me in their own brain, in whoever else's brain. Like, oh, well, it's okay that that happened to her because she's a bitch. That's okay that it happened to her because she tries to sleep with Austin streamers. And I shouldn't even have to go and say this, but I have not slept with a single Austin streamer in my life. Which is, like, insane that, like, there was such a rumor going around that that was the case. So. So, so what, I, what I'm, just to kind of clarify, so it sounds like you heard a rumor and you're trying to make sense of who would start this rumor and what they must be thinking. Yeah. But if I'm hearing this and, and if this is, because because I, I I'm just kind of noticing that there's like a lot of like low quality information floating around, right? Like people like rumor mills and this and that. Um, mm. But but I'm not I'm not hearing, and and you you feel very confident that you've been blacklisted. Yeah, um, I was like not super confident. It was just speculation up until one of my friends at the time. We were just having a good time, and he just randomly said this. I'm like, "What? Why didn't you tell me this before?" But he, um, he said to me, uh, "Oh yeah, like I got a message from the person who uh, touched me when we were streaming together, at saying that he was really triggered that I was hanging out with you and never should do that again." And then I was like, what the hell? And then recently I ended up seeing those screenshots for the first time. And it's like, Jesus Christ. And uh, then after 
I came out about it, um, it was more of like like a wave of people being like, yes, I was told not to hang out with you. Yes, here's a screenshot of me being told not to hang out with you. Like, I just, all the all of my, like, theories in my head after that one thing that was told to me, confirmed, came true. And I just heard this wave of people saying, like, I was told not to hang out with you, this, this, and this, here's a screenshot. And um, it was just really sad that they never said anything before. But now that it was, like, popular for me to speak my truth, instead of to keep quiet about it, it was easier to say. I see. So are, are is your career as a streamer, like, is it GG? Your, how, how, how do you see it now? Well, I have, like, a 9 to 5 right now. But um, I, I'm not going to give up on content creation because I love content creation and I'm not doing it for the numbers it was really awesome to be able to do it for a full-time job but i'm not doing it for the numbers i'm doing it because i love it you know and a lot of people come into my chat and this is something recent like i got a lot of viewers obviously when i was addressing the situation initially and then i went kind of back down and a lot of people have been like here's your view count good job trying to clout farm whore and it's like bruh like at the end of the day i love to stream and i loved my community like and I love making videos and YouTube videos. It's like not something I'm just gonna give up, you know? It's not like I pay attention to the numbers, I don't do it for the numbers. I'm not gonna sit here and run around and be like, oh, pff, I'm a this many viewer Andy. You should respect me. Like, bruh, like, and it's crazy how many people like let the numbers get to their head like that, but. um, What do you like about streaming? I like being able to meet people from all over and I guess make people laugh because I've always wanted to like kind of be based in comedy and stuff. And um, it's just fun. Like the people I met through streaming is really like kind of wholesome. And like a lot of people like, like being able to make those connections is really awesome. Like my best friend, um, she lived in Chicago before this and then I made her move down here with me. So now we're like twin. But like we like we like hang out and like have fun and stuff and um like a lot of people that I met through streaming like and my other friend moved here like a lot of people that I like really love and like care about moved here and I get to hang out with them and it's just nice and yeah but I've always loved video like video is my main passion I guess because I even went to film school because I was like well if I'm not gonna be a YouTuber I might as well edit movies or something so. And hmm. do do you feel like Adriana? Your um. How do you feel about our conversation today? I feel like um. I feel like anxious. I guess. Like I feel like I'm glad. Like I I feel like we touched on a lot of topics so far that were really good. Um, that I, I didn't even realize, but I also feel like anxious because I'm just waiting for someone to clip anything I said and be like, well, look at this. So, but I guess that's just something I need to get over because it's going to happen for a while now. I... Hmm. I was going to say, I, I find it 
I, I haven't, I've been trying to steer clear of clippable stuff. But I mean, of course, there's always something. But it's, there's always going to be something. But, so but I mean, okay. I, you know, it wasn't. I've certainly done worse. I'll say that. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, what I is it okay if I just kind of share with you like what I heard from you about this conversation and and maybe like just add a couple of my own thoughts. Uh, and then if there's anything that's. I think we're having this conversation for kind of like important reasons. With a capital yeah. I. And so I just want to make sure that we kind of touched on everything that we needed to with sufficient depth because we still do have some time. And if there's something like more that we need to dive into or talk about, I'd, I'd love to do that. Mm. So the first thing is that it sounds like you've had your own personal struggle with all of this experience around sexual assault, around dealing with guilt, dealing with shame, dealing, you know, thinking about what you could have done differently. Um, once again, a lot of that sort of almost like not holding other people responsible at the very beginning and, and really focusing on what you could have done, which is very natural, by the way. Um, mm. And there's actually like brain science that that explains why we do that. And, and so it sounds like you had sort of come to some degree of peace, but, but then what I'm kind of really noticing or what I, what I felt like I heard is that it felt to me like you got strapped into a roller coaster and then the roller coaster started moving. And then you didn't really like, you weren't like, there's no, there's no wheel on a roller coaster. It's not, you know, it ain't no Mario Kart. It, yeah. Yeah, there's no steering wheel. It's it, once you board. So even like the initial disclosure that there was a sexual assault was like not your choice. People are kind of entering your space and telling you how it's going to be. Uh, you know, I'm going to try to do my best to give people kind of the benefit of the doubt. And, and, and as you know, I, I'm not hearing threats per se, but more like, hey, you need to really think about what you're going to say and like how it could be perceived because like, this is the world that we live in and there's a lot of like, you know, drama farming and clout chasing and all this kind of stuff. But I, I'm really kind of just feeling like the conversation just got taken out of your hands and became particular things. Then people are weighing in and then you didn't want to like disappoint anyone. Right. You didn't want to like get on anyone's blacklist, which you've managed yeah. to do anyway. Yeah, and in trying to take the middle, I just end up yeah, and uh, falling. Yep, and and I have some thoughts about that that I'll share in a second. But and then I I think that there's just a lot of like, um, and then once it kind of came out, you know, then there's all the victim blaming that goes on and and things like that. I I think that there's uh, a, a lot of doubt. Um, once again, I want to sort of give people the benefit of the doubt there, and and just acknowledge that sometimes when you discover that someone you care about or someone you believe is a good person uh, has committed a, a sexual assault, it can feel really unbelievable. And so people are like vocally and in that moment kind of like processing their disbelief, like with you, you know? And so I, I think sometimes that can ha like, I've seen that kind of thing happen and I kind of want to give people the benefit of the doubt. I think that that's one end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum is people will try to pick apart your story, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, if you were asleep, how did you even know? 
you yeah. know, and, and, and they'll, they'll operate in a lot of different ways because they're having, you know, because they don't believe you or they don't believe their friend is capable of something like this. And I think that also goes to, you know, we think about people as good people or bad people. But I think most people think of themselves as good people. And I think mm. a lot of people will do bad things and they'll do it because they thought they were doing right um, or that mm. it was acceptable or whatever. And, and I think sometimes we forget that good people can commit sexual assaults. What we think of as mm. good people. And yeah, because most, sorry to interrupt, but most um, sexual assaults are like people think like, oh my gosh, like it's, you're going to get pulled into an alley and someone's just going to like take advantage of you right then and there. But it's like most sexual assaults are people that like, you know, like, like it can be anybody like that, you know, it's a coworker, friend, a teacher, whatever. Like it's not usually, well, like there's a very low, um, like percentage of it that is just like alley, dark alley, whatever. But, um, a lot of it is mostly by people that the victim knows. So yeah, absolutely. So I, I think about two thirds of sexual assaults are, are committed by people that know them. And usually also not like not even necessarily like distant acquaintances, but oftentimes friends, a family, mm-hmm. bosses, employees, coworkers, like people that you may even know well. Um, and, and so just kind of going back to like what I kind of heard you say is that as people started to express skepticism and, and victim blame and stuff like that, it kind of like brings up for you like all the shame and guilt and stuff that you have already dealt with. Yeah, for sure. And then what happens is people make you responsible for ruining someone's career. It's not the act mm-hmm. that they committed. Yeah. And and I Literally. I've seen that in you know very closely as a clinician and even in terms of families like oh my god you're tearing this family apart. If you say something yeah. like that it'll tear the family apart. And it's like what I think what tore the family apart is sexual assault. Yeah. And and then it sounds like there was you know there have been consequences for you, very real consequences. I'm also hearing yeah. that it's been a challenge for you from a and now we're going to, I'm going to kind of focus a little bit more on just things that I heard you say and just how you kind of approach stuff. So I'm hearing that there's weak Adriana. And weak Adriana doesn't... Weak Adriana feels things, but also doesn't get stuff done because you can't feel things and get shit done at the same time, right? Those are like... There's like strong Adriana who gets things done. And weak Adriana, who does not get things done. Yeah. And even then, I mean, I I think I mentioned something about, you know, I I don't get the sense that anyone's like looking out for you in in a weird way, like yourself included. Uh, It sounds Mm -hmm. to me like, you know, oftentimes what can happen in people who have experienced trauma is like they just learn early on that they're not worth it that you don't have value. So like who cares about what 
you know, you like people will just be taught that we don't care about what you want. Like, oh, like here's Adriana having a breakdown, being hospitalized for psychiatric reasons, and you're making it all about you and your attention seeking. Oh, my God, you're doing it for attention. So I'm just trying to imagine if you're 14 years old or whatever and something like that happens, like what do you think about how much you're worth? What do you learn about how much you matter? Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of hearing in a lot of ways, you kind of don't. Even from your, like, because like even when you're talking about, okay, how do I navigate this roller coaster? Like, how do I not piss people off? How do I like censor what I say? Like, how do I like temper my, tr- it, and even then it's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm doing this for others. Altruism, which, which is, can be good and healthy and all that. But I, you know, I, I, I hope for you, Adriana, that you're able to find a place where you can do something for yourself. You know, you can speak your truth because it's important to you. Yeah. I mean, this past time, it was pretty important to me, but it being like quiet for a while just reinforced those feelings like nobody cares, you know, like nobody cares about me. And those feelings are really reinforced as like friends just started to drop. And it's like, like I express the feelings to my friends in private a lot. and. And I sometimes I feel like I'd just talk about it too much because I would just be so hurt by it. And when I, it made me realize like when I did do it for me and when I did express these feelings for me, people didn't care either. So I always told myself when I get bigger as a content creator, I'm going to come out about it for me. But I ended up being granted an opportunity to talk about it um, without having to become a bigger creator in the first place. And um, I'm very grateful for the opportunity, but um, it's, you know, I'm still facing repercussions regardless, and I still would. And I, I had to realize that, but it's it's better than, like, suffering in silence and, and seeing that person continue to do things towards women, you know, because the main thing that just made me most uncomfortable was hearing that, like, he was also continuing that behavior towards multiple other women. And that's when I really, like, just took it upon myself, like, this isn't for me anymore. And, you know, I I feel good having my story being out, but it's... It's not really for me and the main reason I like the main thing I think about. Yeah, I I, I think that that I think a lot of sexual assault victims have come forward and have made the world a better place because of that. Um, I mean, I feel like sorry to interrupt, but I, I feel like that really helped me realize like what was what happened to me was wrong in terms of like other incidents because um when the me too thing came out originally i think it was like 2017 um like with hollywood and everything i was reading some of the stories and i was like 
wait what like this really like this is this isn't okay and it made me like I was able to process the fact that I got sexually assaulted when I was 14 I was able to process that at 17 and realize like yo that wasn't okay because for those years in between I'm just sitting there like telling myself like I really liked him you know like it's okay that he did that to me because you know I had a crush on him and um but even like after it initially happened like the minute after it happened all I wanted to do was throw up I was in like a state of shock I didn't know why I'm like why do I feel this way like I like him you know and I was in this state of shock I, I didn't know how to handle it and I was like on a camping trip with my family I was only 14 I didn't know what to do but um, that's where I just started getting into like harmful things in order to like feel something, I guess. Um, and uh, I didn't know how to f deal with it. And then after like I grew up a little bit and I, I like had a relationship at 16, I wasn't able to connect like sexually. Like I wasn't able to figure that out in a healthy way, you know, like it, it didn't feel normal and it, it felt like by the time I was in a relationship with someone for nine months before we ever did anything and when I did it was just, it was so hard and it was like a very like traumatizing experience even though like everything was consensual and everything was like chill, it's like I didn't, my body didn't react mm -hmm. to it very well. So it made me realize like why is this happening like is this normal like am i just gay like i had a feeling i was like bi at the time but i was like damn like am i just gay like i don't i don't understand like why is this happening i didn't understand until i was 17 like a year after um because i ended up breaking up but i was 17 and i read the bottom of me two stories and i'm like and i like realized how other people processed it and i and i read a lot about it and i was like oh my god like this thing that happened to me when i was 14 like that wasn't okay. It wasn't okay. And all these years, I just tried to make it seem okay. But... Yeah, I think one um, of the most unfortunate things after traumatic experiences, especially sexual ones, is, you know, you feel not okay, but you should feel okay. And then what you end up doing is contorting yourself to like fit back into society, right? Because like there's a part of you that's sort of like twisted out of shape. And then like, you're like, wait, this is twisting out of shape. It doesn't feel right on the inside. But instead mm -hmm. of like twisting it back into shape, we twist the rest of us. And then when we try to plug back in, we don't fit. Yeah. And then it causes all kinds of problems like, you know, romance, intimate relationships, things like that. And, and the biggest problem is that we don't really know, like, and then since we've, like, twisted out of shape and we don't fit, then it becomes an us problem. Like, it's my fault now that mm -hmm. I, I'm so fucked up I can't, you know, connect with another human being. Like, I should be able to do this. Like, what's wrong with me? When what really starts yeah. is that original problem. And then we start to take ownership of the whole thing. And the other thing, I, I really appreciate you sharing all of your perspectives and experiences, because I think, honestly, Adriana, this is not talked about enough. 
So yeah. one of the most uh, bizarre things is like, you know, we talk about sexual assault as if it's uniformly traumatizing. Mm-hmm. Whereas honestly, the most like clinical is an anecdotal experience, but the most common reaction that I see from people is something that you said earlier, which is it's whatever. Yeah. And like people don't realize that that is kind of like a very common reaction. And then it's like people say like, oh, well, you said it was whatever before and now you're saying something about it. And it's like, okay, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know, like the first Twit Longer obviously that happened, I was ended up, we ended up agreeing to say, like, I was obviously persuaded to say that it was harassment, not assault. And it's crazy that everyone's like, you change your story, you change your story. The story is still the same. It's just, there's more vocabulary words this time. And because it's the same story, I was touched, my chest was touched. Like, my chest region was touched. It said that the first time. Sorry for not saying boob the first time, because I guess I should have said boob the first time for people to take me seriously. Because the all the facts were there, it just said, oh, well, it's sexual harassment instead of assault or whatever. Because um, so I was asked to put that in there. But then it's like, it's like running someone over in your car, but then telling someone like, oh, I didn't run them over. And it's like, well, I see right there that you didn't, well, I didn't. Oh, then it must be true. Then it must, what you're saying must be true. Because I literally said, my chest was touched. But then there's my little cliff side note that was asked to be put in there. This is assault or harassment, not assault. And then everyone's like, oh, well, you did just tell us you got assaulted, but you just said it's harassment, not assault. So we're just going to take that and run with it. It's like, and now people are like, well, you're changing your story. And it's like, I'm really not. Like, go read the first tweet longer again. I, I'm just being more expressive of how it made me feel and saying boob instead of chest this time because I guess that makes it more valid for people. Adriana, how, what is it like when you, when this comes out and you're talking about being harassed or assaulted and like the response that you get is like, you didn't capitalize your first letter after a period. Me. Literally. Literally. What's that like? It's invalidating. Because it makes me feel like, like all this, it's almost like, like I'm being gaslit all over again from like whatever, because I've obviously experienced that in my life. It makes me feel like people are being like, oh, well, it's really not that bad. It's not that bad. Like you're exaggerating, you're exaggerating. And because I realized that I grew up that way, it's like, I almost feel like, am I exaggerating? Mm. And I need... Like, people to be like, Adriana, you're not. Like, you're not. Like, this is awful that this happened to you. Like, I'm so sorry this happened to you. Like, this is awful. To, like, remind me that, you know, I'm not, you know, I know this is going to get clipped, but I, that my feelings are valid and that I'm allowed to feel uncomfortable and I'm allowed to feel those feelings because I'm allowed to feel like my body wasn't mine when it was in that experience because I was asleep, not able to consent, and all of a sudden someone is taking advantage of that. And why on earth do you think that's what's gonna get clipped? 
was going to get clipped what? that I was saying. What was going to get clipped was saying that sometimes I feel like maybe the trolls are right. And I feel like maybe it isn't that bad. But then my friends have to remind me that it's bad. Because I already know the LSF comments is going to be like, see, why do her friends need to remind her that it's bad? So this story is getting all out of place. I already know, like, I, I feel, I see them in my brain. I see the comments that I'm going to get for saying literally anything. Like, the sky is blue, or whatever. I just see the way people are going to spin it. Um, so, I guess that's anxiety that I'm feeling. But, yeah, sorry, the sidetrack, but I just, it is really anxiety-inducing to do anything. What are you apologizing for again? rambling i guess and is that okay yeah but see now it's tricky because now i'm telling you oh adriana you're apologizing bad <laughs> apologizer and then you're like yeah, okay yeah. yeah okay right so so it, you know, i i think it's okay doesn't bother me but yeah i you know i and and, and the reason i pointed out to you is because i i think it I mean, I know that the internet is a judgmental place, and and sometimes I think it's, like, very easy to forget when people, like, change their stories, and they didn't always—well, yeah, like, that's what happens. It's like, okay, you're posting on Reddit. Should you spend less time on Reddit? Yeah, <laughs> I should. Well, then why don't you? Your story's inconsistent. What are you doing posting on Reddit? You should spend—you yeah. know, like, it, that's just how human beings are, and I think sometimes we forget that, that human beings remember things differently— that memory is not perfect, that as we numb ourselves and bury our feelings, that as that process reverses over time, that it's like okay to speak up a year later, two years later, five years later. Um, it's also common for stories and perceptions to change. That doesn't necessarily mean they're not true. Um, that's just how human memory is. And, you know, I, I, yeah. I, I, I'm just, I, I'm noticing how much RAM, how much your RAM is occupied. It, it feels to me like you can't even have a free conversation because in your own head, you're like, you've got your own little boardroom up there that's making suggestions to what you say. It just... It's really hard because sounds exhausting. I, I even I do it in my like private conversations too because at this point it's like who do you trust, you know? And who's gonna who's out to get you and who's not and like who actually like cares for you and like actually cares because I realized the first time these people who told me they actually cared didn't. So since I realized that months later now it just makes me feel more anxious because it's like yeah these people are being nice to me now because it's the popular thing to do but what happens if it's not the popular thing to do anymore like what happens if it blows over like it did last time because last time when I first came out things people were like I'm so sorry this happened to you those same people went to go comment on that person who did that to me's tweet happy birthday and it's like damn like you already forgot like it just it's just like a a couple weeks and all of a sudden it's okay like like you're the one who's sitting here commenting on my thing like i'm so sorry this happened to you i'm here for you and then you're you're over here interacting with this said person that you 
claimed yourself was so bad. Like it, it's so now when people I have conversations with people I don't really know who to trust. That sounds and I have very a couple isolating. Close, yeah, I have I have a couple close people that I do trust. Thank God, but um, it's hard when people come up to me they're like, "Hey, I'm so sorry," whatever. Like, I have to really be careful what I say because it's like, oh, if I say anything, man, Adriana, it's your life is hard, dude. Way. Oh my God. I guess. Sounds tough. But but yeah, so I don't know. I don't, I like almost feel uncomfortable like saying that my life is hard, you know? Yeah, that's why I'm saying it. Yeah, <laughs> because it's like whenever I think that, it's like, okay, well, I have to be grateful for everything I do have. Like, I am grateful that I um like, I'm able to be a streamer and stuff. Are you but, allowed to be ungrateful for the things that aren't great? I don't know. Because then I'm being ungrateful. And I don't... I am grateful, so I don't want to be ungrateful or seem ungrateful because I am. Is it possible to be both grateful and ungrateful at the same time? Sorry. My bad. No, yeah. I guess it is. But I just don't know. I feel like maybe they contradict each other. I think it certainly feels that way. So this is also something that we see a lot. Um, when people are suffering, usually, like, after a traumatic experience, is that the world becomes black and white. And, like, we're not allowed to be... It's either or. Right? There's manic kick-ass Adriana who is able to advocate for herself. But like you kind of suggested, you can only do it when you're feeling the four yeah. M's, right? Yeah. And it's the four M's because it's the emo of the fish. M-M-M-M. And it's like the fish. And I love that emo. So that's why I made that mantra for myself. I'm going to have to check out that emote later. <laughs> Or people are... oh. It's the opposite of pog fish. The people are doing the pog. It's like the fish is not pogging. It's going like this. Okay. So. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I hope you can feel ungrateful too. I mean, I do. Obviously, when I'm in my sad trenches, I'm like, like fuck, like this is so sad, like. Here's some of my feelings that I feel when I'm in my trenches, I guess, like the low lows. It's like, I feel, it's like, I, I feel like, oh, I am a woman and in this male dominated space, I'm not taken seriously. And throughout my life, I've just been used and I'm not seen as a person, I'm seen as an object or something pretty to look at. And this is just who I am. And if I want to prove a point, I have to do something very irrational and crazy in order to prove a point, no matter 
what the consequence means to me or my loved ones. And that's a thought. These are thoughts that circle my mind every time I have one of these deep breakdowns. Because it's like, it's almost like I want to do this irrational thing for other people, you know? Like, I, I, because I don't want anybody else to go through this. Like, I wouldn't wish this upon my worst enemy. And so, and it's hard because Adriana, what it's like, what is it like to go through something that you wouldn't wish on your worst enemy? It's hard, and I like it sucks because the people who have gone through it, they understand, and it makes me really sad. Because I know when people understand that they've gone through it too. But people, there's people who can not have gone through it and try to understand. But you can tell the way people have hate or the way people say these awful things to me. You can tell they've never gone through it. And I don't wish for them to go through it. And it hurts almost hurts more when I see people say they understand and they share their feelings too because it hurts knowing that they gonna do it too. And it just sucks because it's so normalized. And it's so common. So many people have gone through it. And it just sucks because it's like, that shouldn't be a thing. That's like saying, like, like, I got shot in my leg. And it hurt. And I couldn't walk. And, and I couldn't do the things I loved. Whatever it happens when you get shot in the real leg. You don't expect 50 other people to come out and be like, I got shot in the leg, too. Like, it's such a weird thing that you think, like, like people don't be getting shot in the leg on a normal basis. But then you come out and say, oh, I got shot in the leg. I just didn't tell anybody because I didn't want to, like, seem like an attention whore. I didn't want people to send me gift baskets and edible arrangements. So I didn't tell people I was in the hospital for getting shot in the leg. And then when people come out and like, I was shot in the leg and did the same thing, too. It's like, what? Getting shot in the leg is, like, really common? Like, I didn't realize it was so common because I didn't want to say anything about it. And obviously they didn't either, so. Yeah, Adriana, I, I really enjoy listening to you talk. I mean, like, I know enjoy may not be the right word, but it's not, like, fun. Like, I'm not going to, like. Yeah, you know, like, I know what you mean. Hey, let's everybody get together on Friday night and watch <laughs> this interview. But, yeah. But, but I, I think there's something just really. I've never heard anyone say it like this, but man, it's, it's so just lies that when you talk about this and someone else shares with you that they understand and like, you know, who understands and who doesn't. And that's mm -hmm. really sad because like, you know, like in order to understand what I've gone through, like 
you have had to walk a dark road. And you kind of see that. And yeah. and so there's there's some degree of you know connection, but like it's such a devastating thing to connect over. I know. And it's it's really sad because what hurt me the most is like expressing my story to my family. And I thought they'd just be like, okay, like I'm really sorry that happened, but the way they reacted, they didn't even have to tell me anything. I just knew. And it was really hard knowing, like they didn't even tell me anything, but the way they reacted, it just, it's really hard because I saw that they went through it too. And I don't know, it's just, it's hard, but I don't know how to ever make people understand because there's always gonna be people who want to fight it and there's always going to be people who are going to defend the people who do these things and maybe it's because they really care about that person or maybe it's because they see that themselves in that person and maybe they feel guilty themselves so it's really disheartening you know what makes me both a little bit happy and a little bit sad i'm gonna tear up now too because you know i've been holding it back for a little while but it's okay to have feelings is you mm -hmm. you say i don't know how to make people understand and yet i think what you've done today is help people understand i hope so i hope everything came across clear because sometimes i have all these things i want to say and i don't know how to say them but i think that's normal but a lot of times when I go into like speech mode, I kind of don't like, I'll like, to be honest, I'll probably get off the interview and be like, I don't even remember what I said. And then I'll like watch it back and I'll be like, oh, okay. Don't watch <laughs> it for that. a week. I won't. You're going to be thinking all the wrong things if you watch it right afterward. <laughs> One thing I, I'd like to leave you with, Adriana, is, is, um, there's some things that I have trouble letting slide. And one of them is that there's no point in trying because it's so busted, which I, I know you recognize is not entirely true. Mm. But one thing that when I've worked with people who have managed to heal a fair amount, I think one thing that changes is right now you've got all the dark feelings in the dark place. And then there are times where you're feeling really, really good about yourself where like you can come first. Mm -hmm. But what I kind of hear when you say things like that is that there's like a normal Adriana who doesn't have either of those. And yeah, and what I what I hope you'll be able to find at some point in your life and, and certainly more therapy can help with that. It sounds like you've had some already, but but also mm -hmm. like healthy relationships and, and things like that. It's not just therapy is to recognize that like 
who you are right now. Like, are you, are you in a high or are you in a low right now? Like, which, where are you? Or neither. I'm kind of like, throughout the interview, I was like teetering. Like, oh, but then I was like, no. And then I just kind of like compartmentalize it into like, this is time for me to speak and be clear on what I have to say. So I'm just kind of like, like I was like teetering into like, oh, I'm getting emotional. And I was like, no, I need to say these things because it's important. I guess that's what my brain is saying to me. Like, oh, you need to say these things. This is important. Yeah. And so. and I, I think what, what happens sometimes is we like, it's like there's so much flooding in our house that we pile up all the water on the side of the, like, and we build a dam and we block it all off. Yeah. But the problem is the more that you dam it up, the second you open the gates, it all comes rushing out. And, and for people, you know, I, I, I do believe that you can heal from this, like in a really like solid way in the sense that you can be happy and have a healthy relationship and have friends. And I, I really do believe that's possible for you. I'm not just saying that because I'm like optimistic. I'm, I've seen it happen before time and time and time again. Even today, I think you've demonstrated to me at least like, I hate this word how strong human beings can be. Yeah. But I, I would say that what I would encourage you to consider moving towards is a place where like the regular you can feel all of those things, which I know sounds kind of foreign, but that you don't have to be at a high, high to feel good about yourself and prioritize yourself. That you even don't have to be at a low, low to feel ungrateful. Right, that you can be kind of like a neutral you on a regular day. You can have a cup of coffee in the morning and be like, man, there's a portion, a portion of my life that was absolute shit. And then go about your day. That's so weird to think about. Yeah, I get you. Like that I'd be able to feel that feeling and then... Because sometimes like what I do is when I'm feeling okay is I'll joke about mm -hmm. it. And be like, oh my gosh. Yeah, so like, that's that's it's dumb. Like, like obviously this was like a really impactful thing that really hurt me. But like, I'll be like, my friend will be like, falling asleep at a party or something. Like he'll be like, just like it was like a guy. He was like this, like kind of falling asleep at a chair. And I'm like, don't fall asleep at a party. Don't fall asleep. This is the worst mistake <laughs> I made in my life. And everybody's like laughing. And like like my friends are laughing. Everyone else is like the fuck is she talking about why is she yelling and i'm like don't fall asleep don't do it and um like you know i just joke about it because it's like when i'm in that good mood i'm not gonna like yes i like i'm aware that it happened to me but i just kind of like pass it off with comedy i, I, I mean I, I think honestly i think that's a step in the right direction which is you know not to make fun of sexual assault but but for yeah. you to be able to acknowledge a part of your life not push it away not numb it up and still, like, continue living. Mm -hmm. Right? And, and you know, I, I hope you're able to find that one day where you can just live, like, a normal life instead of have these parts of your life that are just completely separate and then threaten to overwhelm you. Yeah. I hope so. Let me see if I made sure I said everything. Because, as I said, I wrote this when I was in my low, so I was able to think more clearly.
as in terms of my feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess I said everything. Oh, look at that. That's kind of... Yeah. I did say everything that I was feeling, so that's good. There's anything I wrote, I guess. How do you feel about saying everything that you wanted to say? I feel good because I know that I said what I wanted to say, and I'm not going to like be like, oh, shit, I should have said that. Well, maybe, maybe I still will, but in terms of like now, like it's not like we're not gonna be like, oh, I forgot to say this because I made sure I said everything that I wrote previously. I I just saw something that gave me a tiny glimmer of hope. You were reading over your notebook, which I imagine is filled with some dark stuff, and yet you had this like very lovely half smile. And yeah, and. I got some sense, like, I couldn't quite tell 100%, but I almost got some sense of, like, peace in that smile. Yeah. Like, I'm glad that I kind of covered everything. Yeah. So. I I very much appreciate everything that you covered. I appreciate you for giving me an opportunity to talk about it. Well, I shall take that appreciation. I shall up the ante and appreciate you even more (laughs) for, you know, really asking to have the conversation, which is hard to do. Because I feel like it's really respectable to talk about my feelings in this environment where that's what we're focused on, right? There's no drama, trying to farm, whatever. Like, like this, we're focused on feelings and how it makes me feel and whatever. Whereas when I try to talk about these things on my stream, it's kind of like invalidated by people because like, oh, she's trying to get her numbers up or oh, look at, she's doing this. As I said, the LSF comments, they just generate in my head. Sure. But at this point, because it's so almost predictable. But, um, but yeah, so I'm glad I was able to have this opportunity. Yeah, I, I, me too. I, I think I learned a little bit more about the experience that people have. I, I think that, you know, there's so many things that we don't realize in terms of like what our reactions could be, which is it's whatever to what victim blaming looks like, how people feel, what to expect. Because I, I think that's the whole thing mm-hmm. is like no one knows what to expect. So like people don't even know that this is happening. They don't know what's that it's okay, not okay, you know. And, and so I think it's... Re- yeah, and I feel like... I just remembered this. Sorry to interrupt. But in terms of like like understanding it I guess and the feelings the people I've realized like they did not have to tell me a story or anything there's a lot of people I realize went through it but there's also people I realize cared for somebody who went through it too Mm -hmm. and 
they don't even have to tell me that. I just you just know understand, especially with the way this whole thing happened, and it really um, makes me like feel appreciated and like cared about. I guess when people want like when people listen to me, I guess and understand. I'm happy you've been able to find at least a few of those people. Yeah, sorry, that was kind of also... I feel like that wasn't a well-structured sentence, but you know what I mean. I do know what you mean. I think that's because you're actually a very good speaker. Thank you. I hear it a lot, but I don't... You don't don't believe it, I know. I I believe it when I listen to myself. Hmm. But when I'm in the moment speaking, I'm like, wait a minute, did I say that right? Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Adriana. Any last kind of thoughts or questions thank before you. we wrap up? Um, no. And last, I just a quick question. Are we not drama farming here? Is that not what we're doing? Because that's what I've been trying to do this no. whole time. Is... Oh, okay. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> I would have name dropped then. I thought that's, is that, isn't that why we, not why we do this? It's <laughs> not okay. Yeah, that's what a lot of people claim anything I do is me playing Fortnite. Oh my god, you're drama farming Fortnite playing. Like, bro, I'm playing Fortnite. <laughs> like, I just want to go to Tilted Towers. Cool. But, well, take care yeah. and enjoy the rest of your day as, as best as you can. And thank you very much for speaking. Thank you for listening. Adios. You know, just to kind of close this today out, I, I think it's if y'all take one thing away from the interview I think a really important thing to take away is that the experiences after a sexual assault can be in a lot of ways like even more damaging than the actual assault itself and I think that's something that we really really lack an understanding of oftentimes it's the fallout after the assault that causes, at least in my opinion, in in a handful of cases that I've worked with, like even more problems, right? So it's one thing to be, let's say, sexually assaulted by a family member. It's another thing entirely to like have your family tell you to keep quiet about it. And when I've worked with people in the past, I almost think that that second thing is what's so much more damaging. It's the sense of betrayal, abandonment, you know, friends kind of like not being there. Like that's what hurts so much more. And I I think this is why we need to have conversations about sexual assault because, you know, like we talk about how, we talk about sexual assault being bad, but we don't talk about how it's bad. People don't realize what to expect, what they go through. Sometimes we don't even realize what constitutes assault. We don't realize how this act will have ripple effects in our life. And so then when we do have difficulties forming relationships, breaking down at particular points, as a society, we don't know how to be like trauma-sensitive or trauma-informed in terms of helping or supporting those people. So even in places like the workplace. And so then what ends up happening is like we think about this individual event and then sometimes there are thoughts of, oh, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't like you were XYZ. You were only ABC. 
what are you complaining about? And so there's all kinds of stuff about the experience of going through this and how it affects you, how it affects your thoughts, how people react to it. There's a very like real life component that exists outside the act. And this is the thing that is the most misunderstood about sexual trauma. Everyone's focused on the, the, tra the traumatic event, traumatic event, traumatic event itself. And if it happened five years ago, like, why are you complaining now? Right? But that's the whole point, is that it lingers and manifests in ways that we don't originally realize. And that's what we need to have a greater awareness and understanding of. Because what I tend to see is that, you know, Adriana did a great job of sort of sharing with her, like, the guilt and shame. And then she kind of, like, overcomes that, right? And then, like, people are, like, victim-blaming. And so there comes the guilt and shame all over again. Oh, like, you could ruin someone's career. Like, do you want that to happen? Do you want to ruin this person's career? It, and, and so when, when people make statements like that, like, it brings back all the guilt, right? No, I, I don't want to ruin anyone's career. Like, that's a bad thing. And I want to be a good person. And so I think that there's just a lot of, you know, misunderstanding, misunderstanding, not even misunderstanding. I think there's just a lack of understanding that we, you know, we hyper-focus on particular things and don't really, like, acknowledge what the full spectrum of the impact is. And so I, I really appreciate Adriana, you know, coming forward and, and sharing this perspective. I, I hope for those of y'all that watched it, first of all, thank you very much to everyone who is respectful and compassionate. You know, a couple of other things to just toss out there. So I noticed she didn't name any names and we're not really interested in encouraging her to do that. That's not what we're here for. We're not here to be judge, jury, or executioner. It's not our job to judge and say that someone did something right or someone did something wrong. We are not here to determine guilt or innocence. That's not what our job is. And we're not accusing or attacking or trying to create drama or whatever. Like, that's really not why we're here. I imagine that if you're caught up in this stuff and you're aware that this is going on and you're watching this, that you may feel bad about it or feel attacked or whatever, which is like, I, I think it's a completely understandable reaction. Right? And also it's like, that's not why we're here. We're not here to try to make anyone look bad. What we're try to, here to try to do is support and educate people who are going through this. And it's like, it's not our job to pass judgment or to call you a good person or a bad person. That That's not really what we're here for. But I think that in what I kind of heard from Adriana, and, and I, don't, I don't really know, right? So there's like different perspectives on this as well. So, and, and we're not, we're not interested in determining truth today. That's not, we're never determiners of truth, right? We're here to help people understand themselves and help people understand a little bit about how to navigate this absolute mess of a thing that we call life. That's our goal. And there are all kinds of like 
other things involving sexual assault that we did not even touch on today, which are absolutely what worth exploring. Right? So this is a case of a woman who was sexually assaulted and is part of a prominent content creator community. What about people who are not part of prominent content creator communities? What is the fallout aftermath or drama look like for people who are not involved in content creation. That's a completely different ballgame. What does sexual assault look like in the workplace? Completely different ballgame. What does sexual assault look like if you're a man? Completely different ballgame. What does it look like when you are falsely accused of sexual assault? Completely different ballgame. And so there's a lot about these conversations that, that we, I mean, there's a lot about this topic that we still need to explore, that people still need to understand. And, you know, I think this is hopefully the first conversation, but I, I don't know, I, like, this is like what I think is missing on the internet is like, people just don't like, there's, there's not a human representation of it. Because what I see time and time and time again, I, I want to say that honestly upwards of 90%, if not 95 or damn near close to 100% of people I've worked with who have had, who have been sexually assaulted, not even worked with, just people that I've met. If I have a conversation with them, almost every single one or everyone that I can think of in this moment did not realize what was happening at some point during the process. They did not even realize that this is sec this constitutes sexual assault. And, and a couple of the reactions that Adriana shared, I think, are very common. Which is that since we sort of view it as this bad thing, everyone assumes that the reaction I should have is bad. But sometimes people will like, I, I, I mean, I've heard this a dozen times at least, where people will say like, I'm confused why my body is reacting this way. I love this person. Or this person cares about me and this person loves me. It's a far too common experience. So it's almost like what our society is missing is like an understanding of what it looks like. And what it feels like to go through a situation like this. And that's really what we're trying to address today. I hope it helps. I mean, I really think... It does. And I, I do think, honestly, that there were a lot of good clippable moments, but not clippable in the sense of like, oh, lulls. <laughs> she used the S word and the W word, but I, I wanted to use the language that she uses, but I can't say those things. <laughs> so even I'm playing that game. But I, I, I do really think that there's just a lot of, you know, like, distilled experience in in what Adriana shared today. And I, I hope it's educational for y'all at the least, and ideally it'll be helpful. So thank you all very much for being respectful, being compassionate, giving us, even showing up. Because the fact that y'all are here means that, let's see, you know, there's like, 2,500 people who hopefully know a little bit more about what apparently is a far too common experience. So thank you all for coming.